I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. I love exploring how God talks, and I love in the context of even friends learning from their process. And someone I've learned a lot from is Brian Johnson, who's the worship pastor of Bethel Music and Bethel Church in Redding, California. And Brian and Jen and I have been friends for probably 17 years now, and they lead Bethel Music Worship University. They've been a part of so many albums, probably like 15 or 20 albums. And they they have the Bethel Music Collective now, which is incredible worship leaders from around the country. And their first solo album came out in 2017, which is after all these years. But they've they've won, they've been you know number one songs on different lists in different places and whatever for ASCAP and Christian music radio singles this kind of thing. They, so they're in the music world in a real way, and they're bringing some reformation and revolution. But what I love about them is some of the things that I've known them personally for is vulnerability and the and the willingness and commitment to process through and make it all the way through life winning and successful and not just successful as far as career, but in their heart. And I've loved their marriage story. Maybe we'll get them back on to tell their marriage story sometime. But um, in this interview, I want to talk to him about first their adoption, just because you guys will love the story. Totally a God thing. But number two is Brian had a very severe uh, emotional mental breakdown just right after they started the Bethel music and its new kind of iteration of what it's going on now. And through that, he found God in a very different way. And he decided to be very vulnerable. This is about two years ago. And he decided to be very vulnerable to the general public about this breakdown and about what happened because he feels like people need to bring that conversation into their churches with powerful leaders who are going through stuff, you know, whether it's a depression or mental breakdowns or bipolar disorder or, or, uh, you know, any mental health issues or any, any, uh, life issues that we need to be vulnerable and we need to, we need to work through these things so they don't become our story. And Brian is committed to that. And so I asked him to come on the show. We're going to talk about it in a few minutes, but I just think it's so powerful how hearing God's voice can change and give us different options than we would have in these areas of, you know, depression or anxiety or these kind of crippling anxiety. And when you hear from God, especially when you, when you read the Bible and when you worship your way into his heart, you actually do get a different option. It changes your mental chemistry. It changes your neuro neurology, your neural pathways. It, seriously, there's physical effects from worship and reading the word. And Brian is a byproduct of that and also just the God encounters he's had. So uh, let's get into the interview, but I really want you to listen, whether it's you who struggles with some of these issues or someone you love, just open your heart to hear from somebody who is maybe pioneering vulnerability in this area to help us to just be connected and love to people who are going through this kind of stuff and that there's a God solution or there's a God story that can be different than the story that's being told by doctors and everybody else. So today on the podcast, we have Brian Johnson and Brian, Hello. welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks. We've it's known each other here. for, I think like 17 years or something. It's been a long time. And yeah, and our introduction to each other, well, that was great. I remember that. Do you remember that? No, what happened? <laughs> no, that conference in Hawaii. Oh, the worst conference we both ever went a part of yeah, in our yeah, lives. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> was yeah. that our first? That was, that was our first It was. Conference. That was our first. It was oh, amazing. We was... all had the flu and 
had our babies with us. It was, whew. Oh, that was a hard, rough conference. And I actually, I remember the Sunday morning on the church, I actually told the church not to be a church anymore because they were so unhealthy. And they did. They disbanded. You you shut the church down. I shut the church down. And you guys were like, <laughs> we like you because you were honest and no one felt bad or judged. They just realized the pastors were burned out. They were exhausted. The people yeah. were all this disenfranchised group. That's a fun introduction. <laughs> we shut down a church together. Perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but we became friends through it, which is good. <laughs> yes, we did. That's so wild. Well, one of the, my favorite things about you guys is that, you know, knowing you for so long, like you guys are, you really are steady as she goes. You guys have always been the same people, the same quality of people, the same character of people the entire time. But God has put his light on Bethel music to define something in the worship culture that's really unique and beautiful. Like I, I'm a Bethel music junkie and I have been even before you guys were known just because there's something in the theology of how you guys present things that I think opens people up, the world up to a side of God that not everybody gets to see unless they hear them in this context. So thank you for doing that. Thank you thank for who you are. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Well, today we're exploring the prophetic and we're talking about like God's voice in the context of when he speaks and how it changes everything, like his, just who he is in his nature towards us. And I know for you, like you have some pretty incredible stories about this, everything from meeting Jen, your adoption, all of your kids, like you have so many God stories, but today what story are you going to focus us on? Um, I think I, mean, I could talk about the adoption in short, that whole story, because it was pretty powerful how that happened. Um, Where you got one of the cutest babies in the entire earth. Uh, uh, oh, it's, man, it's like it's like winning the lottery, you know. You take a risk, <laughs> and you don't know what you're gonna get. <laughs> totally. It's um, that the whole honestly the whole story, and I could I could do a short version of it. But um, we were watching this TV show about adoption, and we honestly weren't weren't it wasn't out of the question. We just hadn't thought about it. you know our kids are like basically like sixteen, twelve, and ten, so we've been doing it for a while. And um, we were watching the show, and I look over, and there's just my wife is she's just like bawling. Not not mm. like I'm crying because I'm watching the TV show, but like it was pretty intense. And I had a friend there, and I, it just it felt oh okay something's happening, you know, like a holy moment. She looks up at me, and she basically says, "Would you do it?" And I just in that moment was like, "Yeah, absolutely." Wow. And in in that moment, it kind of it was just it was my I mean, my friend was always joking. He's like, "About everything's about to change," you know. And so the next day we started filing, and we. We got things rolling like the next day. Wow. And that was in November last last year. And um, we went through 13 different uh, possibilities for babies. And uh, mom finally picked us and we went to the birth and in the C-section room and she let us be in there. And then they handed us the baby and then, right when, as it came out. Wow. And then we were in the hospital. Was in a, he was in our room the whole time. And then, you know, you wait 48 hours and they finally, the mom says, for sure, yes, you know. And so, but it was, it felt like a holy, a holy thing. Um, and just the, his, this, his spirit's very peaceful. And we, we named him in that moment. Jen looked at me and said, would you do it? I just, I was like, right. Or I was like Moses, you know, like, like adopting a Moses. Wow. So his middle name is Moses. And um, it's pretty amazing. What I love about it is you sent me the video when you right after yes. you told the kids. And oh, I man. love the response. They were like, yes, they were they level a thousand freaking out. Not completely level caught off. Yeah, completely caught off guard and just they had no idea, right? And it was just it was well, a friend of ours did the same thing. you know, they got pregnant, like their youngest was like sixteen and they told their kids they did the same thing, they videoed it. And uh 
Man, it's been amazing. And what's amazing about it is because my kids are older, it feels like they're all we're all parents, you know. So it's he's the luckiest baby ever. He is. I watch your family fight over him. It's like he doesn't. Get, oh yeah, he doesn't have a spare time. He's never put down. He's not going to yes. know, know what it's like to be alone no. ever. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That's probably a problem. But it's amazing. It's like holy because you're 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 in a sense saving a life. Really, you know. Yeah. There's like I think a half a million babies or kids that need to be adopted in the states alone. And you're since saving a life from from who knows what, you know. Absolutely. And, and and you're and you're also getting a kid, so it's pretty amazing. No, it's like one of yeah. my favorite things I've seen happen in the last year. Just when you guys adopted, we have a lot of adoptions in our church, and I know at one point I remember just I reached out to Jen and I said, I don't know what just happened, but I felt like you guys got denied a baby, and I'm just telling you it wasn't the right one. There's one that's coming that God that's ex- giving. That you. is exactly what happened. And she's like, I am. I was devastated. I just felt this was it. Thank you so much because it was like one of those moments where it's like, don't worry, your baby's in the way. God's protecting you from something because He has something. That's for you. that is exactly right, and it's obvious He's the right one. He's so perfect for you guys, and yep. He's so. Per- I mean, all of us think He's perfect. We just stalk Him on Instagram all the time. If you're listening, you can stalk their baby because that's all any of the family posts yeah. right now. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, let's go deeper and talk about just, I mean, you guys went from being worship leaders and then worship pastors to starting a movement, really. And in the midst of some of the success of starting the movement, it's been an intense birth, almost like a bloody birth of a movement in a way. I think everything's beautiful, right. glorious, and gory at the same time, whenever we birth anything. But tell us about it. Tell us about what's, how, what God's doing and some of the season you've been in. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I love, I mean, people want to hear about, um, you know, I, I prefer to tell the whole story. Um, you know, there's all these highlights, you know, successes, but I love the, the picture of like, if you looked at a bunch of pencils and you look at a sharp pencil, it's easy to say sharp if you never use it. But, um, <laughs> the, so but a, you know what I mean? It's, it's just like when, when you say yes and you, you, you say yes to a, either a dream or to God, and, and in this case, I think it was both, you know. Um, starting a label, starting a, a movement. You know, maybe we didn't look at it like that in the very beginning, but we were just putting one foot in front of the other and and trying to like in in a sense, it's like it's like the prophetic. Like you're you're following the voice of God as best you can to, and seeing where it leads you, and then you end up in a space in a place where you're like, oh my gosh, how did we end up here? And I think it's wow. important to really realize like it's because we were just trying to do our best to follow His voice, and along the way, you know, like. Uh, it is it is far from perfect, right? So you've got you know major successes, whether it be like you know albums or songs or scope of influence or favor. But at the, at the same time, there's a price you know that comes with you know maybe relational breakdown or communications or just taking on too much. And in my case, I think it was a mix of everything, just taking on so much. Um, mental space you know meanwhile we've got babies you know kids and that's alone a full-time job and um so you see god going putting his blessing on something and then at the same time it's like i and then two years ago you know i had a collapse big time mental breakdown and um we're doing a book about it right now but wow um, it's in the but it's amazing is god's faithfulness you know like to, to get me through that was nothing less than, than a miracle really and i had doctors involved and and they can attest to the fact that um, you know, the how I got out of it and got through it was, I really feel like God intervened in a lot of ways. But 
Wow. Yeah, I mean, so I hit a wall, and, and it, this was different. So when I was a kid, I I, I experienced a lot of stuff, um, real torment, and I in in worship, my dad talked about the power of praise, and I remember I slept with my parents almost every night until I was eighteen, which is oh, crazy wow. to think about. Yeah, and just from uh, just complete crippling fear and terror of being demonized or whatever, you know, just of the demonic. And um, my dad talked about the power of praise. And so there's many nights we'd be up all night just praising, you know, singing the old old songs you could sing without a guitar, you know. And through, yeah. I learned about that as a kid just growing up about how that was my anchor. Like praise, there's breakthrough in praise. You know, God inhabits the praise, the tequila praise, the praise that's like spontaneous, that's straight from the heart, you know, unrehearsed. And uh, we would do that. We'd sing out in the spirit, and, and there, and, and then I'd see so much breakthrough. But fast forward, you know, to two two and a half years ago, I, I hit this wall, nervous breakdown. I start, I get on uh, heavy meds, and just to try to stabilize my mind from doing whatever. Like I couldn't. I, it was a physical breakdown, a mental breakdown, and a spiritual breakdown wow. on one. And what would, the crazy thing was is it wasn't just a um, moments of torment or attack. Something was wrong with wow. me like like i could feel like something i'm not myself i don't feel like myself something's wrong and so i had to in a sense i had to climb myself out of this hole um i'm understating it just for brevity of time but but um i i had to like really get desperate and dig deep and what's crazy is i, I um started reading so i had i quit everything and i started reading the passion translation just 24 7 Wow. And listening to worship music in the background. And I really feel like like this time around, it was the word that, um, it, it, I feel like it healed my mind. It healed my body. You know, it healed my, my spirit. Like my body, I would feel things like I was going to have a heart attack or something, you know, or I couldn't breathe. And then just by reading the word and the, the power in that, it, I'm not kidding you. There was moments where it was just like, it was, I was so desperate and I just start reading and I just reading and God would speak through his word like every day it got to the point where what i needed for that specific day i would read in that morning i'd get up and read in the mornings wow. and, I, and what i read it, it was almost like the prophetic it was really it was so crazy that i would experience something later in that day that normally would have put me over the edge but because i read that morning the exact thing i needed for the day and it got almost humorous with me and god to where he was teaching me about the power of the word and praise. And mm. so um, I really, I really, you know, I think things happen to us and a lot of it isn't God, but I think God is like the God of plan B. You, you know, he will yeah. make anything work for our good. And I, I watched him in this last season and, and my kids, you know, when I was going through, the ambulance came to haul me off because I couldn't breathe. I was having a, a, a thing and, and I looked at my kids before I took me off and I said, this is when God becomes real. Because I wanted them to see how intense it was, but I knew that there was going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. I knew God was, even though I didn't feel it, I knew there was going to be a good end. And and my kids got to watch, and my team got to watch that whole season. And um, it really, it's just it's like the best thing, you know, to to learn in the grind, to learn like firsthand what it means to like hide yourself in His Word and. Basically, like I think sometimes we read the word and we're just like, ah, you know, it's good ideas. But but when you when you're in when your sanity is relying on every word you're reading and you're reading it like ministry doesn't matter. Things that I'm doing, like a lot of times we read the word so we can get stuff to do stuff. Yeah. But for me, it was reading it for survival. 
And when, when there's that level of like desperation, like, and, and you're putting all your chips in, you know, like, God, if you don't come through right now, my mind, I'm going to have a, a freaking, I'm going to, I'm going to land in the hospital again. And, uh, and his faithfulness was really amazing through well, it all. And, and two observations. One is the fact that the psychology of it all in the sense of we, we just up until this point, probably this generation, if you had a breakdown, it was like your end. It was, you know, you're, you've right. created a taboo experience that you can't recover from because people don't have breakdowns who are Christians, you know? And right. I love that you're surrounded by a spiritual family, Bethel, and just a worldwide family who trust God in you and who trust God in your community. And yeah. I immediately, when you, when I first, you know, Jen talked to me a little bit, then you talked to me about some of the stuff that was going on and I had a hundred percent hope for you and, and faith for, for the whole process, but I hated the pain and the torment, but I love that you guys are, I mean, it's only been two years and you're already sharing it because it's so not only vulnerable. That's the second point is the vulnerability is going to help so many people because we live in a moment where, you know, yeah, God's doing so much and we're, we're looking at what he's doing. That's what we're trying to focus on. But when you go through a season of torment or panic attacks or full breakdown or whatever, usually you feel like you've got a scarlet mark or a scarlet letter. You're done. You know, like you're, you're unqualified or whatever. And I love that you guys are sharing because it actually brings about, there's not only hope you're, you can be an example that there's hope, but also your hope was fully in like you're saying, like you didn't, you you wanted to survival mode with God versus survival mode of just existence. And that's right. huge. That's, that's a yeah. huge difference where a lot of people don't know that if you're, if you're going through whatever it is, the, the spectrum is everything from suicide to depression, to breakdown, to whatever panic, anxiety, it's all in the same spectrum. It's just different, you know, ends of the spectrum. And when you're going through that, no one talks about the fact that in the Bible, there's so many people who struggle with depression or struggle with, you know, right. I mean, David did David struggled with yeah. depression. And I mean, he was kind of bipolar in some ways, you know, it's like he had some stuff going on and he, praised his way into the heart of God, not by performance, but by actually getting to know who God was by his nature. So I love hearing that in some of the stories you've told since then, as far as you connected to God in a way that like you use this as a catalyst. I think that's such a key. Yeah. It's, uh, it's actually been the benefit that's come out of it, which is really, I love how God like will turn something that you think is the end. And it's actually like really the beginning to, to the next season. Yeah. Like you're like, Oh wow, that's interesting. I, you know, a lot of times in culture, we're processing with people before we process with God. And yeah. when you're put in a position where God is your only option, like consider it a gift, you know. And a lot of times in foreign countries or like in Africa, like when it comes to medicine, like the, their only hope is God when they're sick. Yeah. And in our culture, like a lot of times we can medicate. And I remember one time I came home from a really stressful meet. I, I, I was on pins and needles anyways. And it was really, really, really strange the way that my mind was working. And I just wasn't in control. That's what, what I, all I could wow. say. It felt very much like I could have a panic attack any second. And if anything happened, it would set me off. So it was very vulnerable, very weak. And I remember I was in a meeting and I raced home and just, to start, I just take, I took meds and all this other stuff. And now, meanwhile, I'm like a leader and I wasn't doing it to be like, to like te technically sin. You know, I didn't drink three beers and take two Norco and two Ativan to sin because I wanted a high. It was either that, or I'm literally going to go to the hospital because I feel like I'm going to die. You know, it was such wow. a desperate, but in that moment, I, I had this thing where I thought, obviously this is not right. And I can't live like this. 
And so I, I just did a deep dive with Jan and I said, I've got to figure this out. And we went on a trip and uh, that was the worst trip of my life. It was the most intense. Even worse than ours, huh? Bro. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. Oh man. That kidding. was, that was bad, bad joke. But, but just that, <laughs> that, uh, that, that is so intense with my anxiety, but really God like sh- shined on some things. And that's when, that's when I saw the light in the tunnel and I was able wow. to forgive and deal with some things that were in my heart that I didn't even know were there. And it's literally like that, that moment in time, everything changed, but it's turned out to be the best thing that ever happened. Um, honestly for, I think for everyone really. And for the label and just everything, it's just, um, well, I yeah. know that it speaks volumes of emotional health where you guys are prioritizing like self-care and yeah. the balance of that. Because I think what we've seen in probably pretty much every worship ministry, I was involved with one in the, in the eighties and nineties that, I mean, almost everybody who came out of the worship movement in that, in that movement died. I mean, just like totally, most of them weren't working with God anymore. And yeah. these are the guys who were singing the main songs of the entire movement that we yeah. were all worshiping and celebrating to. And they all had affairs and were alcoholics and drug addicts. And I'm like, yeah. what in the heck? How can you go? Or there's a cessationist. And I'm like, yeah. how can you go from there to there? And it's because part of it's like knowing that God came, that we could have life and life abundantly, which is not performance driven, which is not all these other things. And like the self-care, the level of just, you know, emotional health and well-being that's being installed and even by you being vulnerable about this. I mean, yes, your, your music is getting better because you're pressed into God. Yes. Your favor is increasing because you guys are pressed into God, but it's none of that matters. None of that's the issue. The issue that's all byproduct. The issue is you guys, you went on a journey and said, I'm going to, I'm going to do this right. And yeah, I just, totally. I applaud that. I mean, I just so Thanks. applaud that it's going to 10 years from now, the legacy of the worship movement that you guys are building you know, the, the next iteration of it, the next generation of it in 15 years from now, we're not going to have 20 people in your worship ministry that are like out in the trenches dead. You know, there's right. people who are going to go, wait, we started out in the foundation of we're going to process through, which is huge, Brian. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's the prayer. You know, it's, it's funny though. It sounds glorious and, but it's a grind, isn't it? Like, like to, to do, to do relationship and, within your ministry to work with, have people that are big people and really anointed to be able to survive and thrive within your, your ministry. It's it's a tricky one, but yeah, I love it. It's worth the fight. You know, it's like a strong marriage. It's so worth the, it's, it's worth all the tension because man, what, what you can do, a strong marriage speaks volume, especially in, in this day and age. And I love the thought of having a ministry that's the same, the same type of thing, you know? Yeah. I think that's, it's really kind of this generation is looking for, that emotional intelligence and that self-awareness and that, that real connectedness, you know, that that's going to fight for that kind of quality versus just good anointed stuff to happen. And I think, you know, you've communicated some stuff and that is just invaluable. And I think, you know, some people are probably a little scared. Like you just had a breakdown. Like, what does that mean? Because they've never been around a culture that could allow that conversation. Yeah. but what a beautiful conversation that God can help someone. One thing I do want to give an observation on is Bob Jones, our, our, you know, prophetic friend who's in heaven now used to say, whenever somebody has a breakdown or when somebody has a kind of fear you talked about when you were younger, it's usually because there's a great light that God's put on them that the enemy's attracted to before it's coming to its purpose. 
yeah. and before it's coming to its maturity, you know, for relationship. Yeah. And so the enemy season is like, Oh, I'm all on that. I'm going to, I'm going to smother that out. I'm going to destroy it. And he goes, the good thing is the best season of your life is going to happen right after that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it's funny in the, in the moment, no matter what anyone says, you're like, no, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not true. You're in the dark, but man, it is absolutely the truth. I'm with you. Well, thank God you have a little peace baby to hold and <laughs> he oh probably nurtures you as much as you nurture him. He, yeah, he's strong <laughs> with that peace. Yeah. That's so awesome. Well, tell us this. You're writing the book about it. It's coming out probably 2018. That's, that is the plan. Yes. Okay. And then also you guys have, you guys just came out with some new stuff. How do people get a hold of you? Um, Bethelmusic.com. Um, our Instagrams, Brian Johnson M is in man, Brian Johnson M and Jen <laughs> Johnson 20. Well, I just threw that out there. <laughs> we need, we need more of that these days. I think. Yes, we do. yes, I am a man born that way and will remain that way. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah, no, those, those are the, you know, and then Bethel Music Instagram, all those sort of things. But awesome. We, well, know, thanks they, for catching up yeah. with me today on the podcast. And thanks for being vulnerable because it really helps to look at exploring these kinds of themes in the context of real life and real relationships. So thank you. Now you're welcome. Thank you for joining us today on Exploring the Prophetic. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and I want to encourage you to continue the conversation with us. Go to our website, www.bowlesministries.com. Also, let's continue the conversation together on our Facebook page. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together. <laughs>